The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is The Big Lead. Yes, it is The Big Lead. Welcome to The Big Show. Dory Monson's Big Show. Brandy Cruz filling in for my friend Dory Monson for the rest of the year. We will not hear from Dory Monson until 2023. I don't know. I've been getting some texts from him. He's very antsy. He's very antsy. Listen, the show's in good hands, Dory. That's what I tell him. I don't know that they love me as much as they love you, but I'm an okay. I'm an I'm an okay fill in for the holidays. You know, just rest easy, Dory. He normally, if he's off, he might be gone somewhere. He has plans to do something, and this one, he's just kind of relaxing, which I I think he needed. Yes, I think all of us need little breaks like that, and. I think he's just a little antsy. He's been getting better at doing that, at taking days off. Yeah, but normally he's been sick. He's been sick every time. I mean, we've all been sick. That one time in the fall, he just went fishing. He's like, we fill in for me so I go fishing? I was like, absolutely. That is so good for you, Dory. It's like he's a a real human being. Right. You know, (laughs) taking days off. We love it. Don't worry, Dory. We'll fit in all the fun we usually do. Let's get right to the big lead this hour. The big lead. Big local. Obviously, crime continues to be uh, kind of at the top of our list for critical issues happening. And we have a legislative session coming up. Who knows whether the majority party in Olympia is going to make any meaningful efforts to fix some of the things that they broke in haste in 2021, like the police pursuit law, like the Blake decision, which has essentially made it impossible to uh, arrest people or urge people to get into treatment if they've got uh, drugs on their person. A couple uh, crime-related stories to talk about in the big lead. One of them I just thought, and Nicole um, flagged it for me, I thought it was so odd. So Seattle apparently has a serial groper, okay? There have been now at least three different incidents happening where women report being groped while they're jogging on Lake Washington Boulevard around Lakeside Avenue South, if you're familiar with the area. Uh, But all of their stories are very, uh, very, very similar. And there's something odd about them that I'll get to in a moment. Uh, But uh, the latest uh, woman uh, to be victimized, her name is Trisha. She spoke to King 5 News. Instead of somebody running by me, my butt was grabbed. And then his finger went further. My gosh, she said she screamed for help. Meanwhile, the entire time... I'm like screaming, like, help, you know, somebody call 911, like running with my arms in the air. And then the uh, suspect uh, ran away and got into his vehicle. I was like, well, I have all the information I can possibly have about his description and the description of his car and license plate number. And that's why I'm speaking up and getting the word out and spreading it as much as I possibly can. And now the... The description of the vehicle is interesting to you, Nicole, and interesting to me because I think, you know, we've had some of these incidents where it's been like a homeless man who's out on the trail groping women. Someone on drugs, somebody Someone with mental drug. health problems. Right. I mean, this, oh, I mean, this probably person probably still does. But. This, this does not sound like that. He jumps into his vehicle and it's a, a white Lexus SUV. So here you've got someone who has some means who, for whatever reason over the past year, it, obviously they're just a sick human being, has been out groping women on Lake Washington Boulevard. So um, in all of the instances, it is described as an Asian male in his 20s who drives a white Lexus SUV. 
if you have if you happen to know anybody who might fit that description and be out on Lake Washington Boulevard groping women, you should call SPD Sexual Assault Unit at 206-684-5575. But have I ever told you the story about me getting groped I don't in downtown think I've heard Seattle? This one. So I'm down there for work, right? And usually what this is one of the backgrounds at Fox 13. And usually when I'm downtown, if I'm working down there, I'll also try to go shopping a little bit. I go to Nordstrom's or something. So it is packed. This is like the middle of the summer. Really nice out. It's packed. This is pre-pandemic, okay? And so I think it was middle of summer. Yeah. So I'm downtown um, walking across the street from Nordstrom's rack toward Nordstrom's, okay? And it's a busy, crowded area, and I feel someone brush against my butt, and I'm thinking, oh, it was just, we're in a pack of people. We're walking. No big deal. So I just keep walking, and I feel it again, and this time it's, like, more forceful. And I kind of turn around, and there's a guy with headphones on, um, and it looks like he's minding his own business. I'm like, what the heck? So now I'm, like, across the street, you know, and this whole pack of people is walking my Nordstrom's, and now it's a grab. It is a five-fingered grab. So I turned to this guy, and I should have requested the, the surveillance video of Miss Nordstrom because I grabbed this, this guy by boat with two hands, throw him against the glass at Nordstrom's, and I'm like, stop touching me. And now people are gathered around. Oh, and I'm like, because I don't know have. what I'm going to do. That's and so, yeah, I threw this guy against the glass. And then there was a police officer. I was like, wow, this guy just tried to rely on this big crowd. And he looked totally normal. Just like the story about this. He looked like he was like in his 20s, dressed well, had these headphones on, looked like a totally quote unquote oh normal gosh. dude. Yeah, so I went and um, there's always those officers that are parked along Westlake there. And I was like, this some guy who just groped me. Uh, and I don't know. I don't think they ever found him because I never got any follow up. But, but yeah, I so, love that you push back a little bit. I mean, well, I, I have a black belt, Nicole. <laughs> I wasn't going to let it go down. I love it because I'm sure he's done it before and somebody just walked away. Right. They just said stop and walked away or they got scared and just left and didn't say anything. So I love that you push back a little bit. Yeah, I threw him against the glass. Um, glad I didn't break it. But Nordstrom's down there is probably used to having <laughs> their glass broken. Uh, there was this also this other story. So I we've been talking about businesses that have been repeatedly uh, victimized in Seattle. Uh, Serafina, a longtime Italian restaurant, you know, they dealt with a couple break ins over 30 years. And now they've had like 18 break ins in the last two years that uh, we talked on the show yesterday about a uh, art dealer in downtown Seattle that has been broken into multiple times. In this latest incident, some guy came up, did a flying kick to try to get in their door. When that didn't work, they drove a vehicle. Uh, at the door. And you just hear these really heartbreaking stories from these business owners who are just trying to make it, who are just trying to run a business, trying to contribute to our economy, trying to employ people. And they don't know what to do. They're so fed up. But I'm always so proud of those business owners when they speak up and say something, because Seattle is a really hard city to tell the truth in. Seattle is a really hard city, especially when you're and I'm running a small business now in the podcast and I don't luckily don't care what people have to say or don't care about being canceled. But I can understand if you're trying to run a business like a restaurant and you're worried, gosh, if I speak up about politics in Seattle and if I speak out in support of the police, what's going to happen to my business is the mob, you know, the, the 20 to 30 very vocal people on the far left in Seattle who dominate the, the discussion. Are they going to show up and try to shut me down? And there was another example of a business owner, a pretty high profile one, speaking out recently. And I think that he deserves a lot of credit. Bill Cahill is the owner of Beacon Plumbing and Mechanical. So that's a very high profile business in the Seattle area. And what I didn't know about Bill is he's lived here and he's a Seattle guy. 
Uh, he's got, I think he said, six kids. He's got grandkids. And he's trying to run this very high-profile business. And they have been uh, victimized. He, um, So he spoke to my friend David Rose over at Fox 13. And he said, look, Seattle's my home. And he wants people to feel empowered to speak up and to fight for the city. Well, I'm frustrated in a lot of areas, Dave. This isn't the city I grew up in. The city I grew up in, we watched hydroplanes. We enjoyed our freedom and playing sports in the streets. You don't see it anymore. And we're still a great city. This is my home. This is where my six children live. This is where my 10 grandchildren live. I know so many people in the city of Seattle. I'm not gonna move out of the city of Seattle. I love it here. It's, it's, uh, It's home. Always has been and always will be. But we need to make some changes. You can just hear the emotion in his voice and how much he really, really values the city. He says one of the things we need to do is we need to take care of our police officers. And the police officers, I had a vehicle that was stolen. And I went after the uh, fellow that stole it. And I saw a police officer from the city of Seattle and said, would you please help me to get my truck back? And he says, I have to stand down. We can't get in a high speed chase. Well, I was in that high speed chase. Why am I doing the job for the Seattle Police Department? And, and I love the police department. Don't get me wrong. We need police officers escorting women and children in the crosswalks to school. We need to have that dialogue in the community. We need our police officers. We don't need them to go to Florida. We don't need them to move out of state because they're going to get a better way of life. We need to take care of our police officers right here. And he also said, and, you know, he and we'll talk about this and talked about it with David Rose. You know, he thinks that Mayor Bruce Harrell is doing a good job. But like a lot of us, he thinks that the city council is completely inept. But our local city council, our government here in Washington state needs to go against the grain because these people have been told stand down. And I think we've had enough of it. It's time to stand up and make a fight out of it for our city. Let police officers do their job. And again, this is Bill Cahill. He's the owner of Beacon Plumbing and Mechanical. He was talking to our friend uh, David Rose over at Fox 13, and this is his call to action. Get involved. Take an interest. Take an interest. Fund the police. Take an interest in the uh, elections. Look at who we're voting for. Let's make decisions that are... Good decisions for our community, for doing the right thing, and for getting our police back to work, number one. Get them out there. Man, I love this guy. I love this guy. So coming up at 1230 on the big show, Bill Cahill is going to join us here on the Dory Monson Show to talk about this message, his call to action for other business owners, residents in the city. And I think, I mean, you can tell the passion in his voice. You can tell that he loves this city and that his criticisms come from a place of deep, deep love for this city. But he wants people to get involved. He wants people to care. And so I think it's a really important message. And again, for someone who runs that high profile of a business, Beacon Plumbing and Mechanical in Seattle, to speak up, to put everything out there because he loves this city so much. It's a message you absolutely need to hear. So that's coming up at 1230 on The Big Show. Coming up next in The Big Lead. The Big Lead. 
Bizarro World. Oh, Bizarro World indeed. So, Nicole, always, uh, whenever I fill in, there are certain stories that you shy away from putting into the rundown. I think that's fair, right? Correct. Uh, do, uh, stories about Donald Trump. Because I'm just not a fan of Donald Trump, and I just don't even like to talk about him. Um, stories where we're making fun of President Biden for his old age speaking. I just like, you know, the man's old. Fine. I just maybe don't want to. Maybe fun not of making fun out. of pointing out. I don't like those stories. And then also stories around transgender issues. So I believe that uh, transgender rights are human rights. I am not going to, if an adult says, hey, I identify as a, a, as a male, I'm not going to tell that person what they should do with their life. I know Dory doesn't either. Right. But I just, it's such a hard subject to talk about without feeling like you are, uh, how do I even put this, making fun of people or dismissing someone and it's just it's it's a topic that there's so much vitriol around which is i think why it got to where it is i agree it's out of control what we're asked to accept yeah and so i think there is there's always got to be a way to talk about these issues without making anyone feel disrespected with with appreciating people who for who they are meeting them where they are as humans but also recognizing that some of it is ridiculous okay we can have common sense conversations that really challenge some of the things that are going on without disrespecting people without treating treating people as less than and so that's what i'm going to effort today because i know that one of the things dory's been talking a lot about is this issue of um transgender inmates in our prison system and what facility do they belong in do they belong in a male facility? Do they belong in a female facility? Um, and I have some opinions about that. You know, I think that if you've transitioned, if you, for instance, were uh, uh, born as a male and you transitioned and identify as a female, that's how you committed your crimes, et cetera. I, I, I don't really have an issue with you being in a, in a woman's prison. But then there are some uh, cases like the one I'm about to discuss that I think anyone with common sense realizes is just not right. So uh, the Daily Mail and some other outlets reported on this. Um, There is. So this uh, individual was born a man, now identifies as a female, and they uh, are in prison for um, sexual exploitation of a child, child rape, essentially. And so uh, Brooke Sonia is the suspect's name. 2005, 2006, she was convicted on dozens of charges of sexual exploitation. And one of the allegations uh, is that she groomed a 13-year-old girl. But at the time of these crimes, Brooke identified as a man, Um, was born a male, identified as a male when these crimes against this 13-year-old girl were committed. So now, um, Brooke Sonia is in the Washington State prison system and is serving her time at the woman's prison. And the Daily Mail goes on to report that there are female inmates speaking out of this prison who are terrified because this inmate has told them that sometimes she still identifies as a male. So here you have, again, this inmate that was born a man, committed crimes against women, crimes against women as a man, and later transitioned to identify as a female, now in a women's prison setting. But then tells, according to Daily Mail, the the other inmates, that sometimes she identifies as a man. And I just look at a story like that and I think, how can anyone think that makes sense? To be in a setting with women, to have committed crimes as a male against women, including a 13-year-old girl, 
to say, sometimes identify as a man, sometimes I identify as a woman. And now you have these other women who are in a prison setting with you and understandably are a little bit uncomfortable with that. It's wild to me that it's still happening because this has happened before there and we've reported on it. There was a um, an, a female born biological female that was uh, uh, assaulted by another transgender inmate and it was outed to us and then we were shut down with there ended up being a lawsuit that enabled or unabled us to get the, all of the information we were trying to get out of them. And so it's it's happening more and more frequently and they're blocking media. They're blocking other, we've heard from representatives, we've heard from senators trying to get information. Nobody can get information from them. And so there's obviously, there is a team that's shutting down these stories getting out and, and it's really it's troubling. It is troubling and I think there for a variety of reasons but that's part of the problem. It's like would I like to rely on a different source besides the Daily Mail and I know this has been another source since then, sure but they're not going to confirm any of this. They're not going to confirm any of it. They're not going to respond. No, we've tried. We have whistleblowers right. calling us all the time but we can't get anything out. I mean they've effectively shut us down. We All we can do is tell the stories other people are telling us. No one will verify or but we have to, you know, make sure they're legit and make sure, you know, line up as much as we can. And, it, and it's tough. And that's part of it, I think, is they think that, OK, if we're going to shut you down, we're not going to give you access to these documents and to this information. Then you can't be as critical about what's going on. And I'm kudos to, to the Dory Monson show for continuing to be critical about it, even in absence of their cooperation and participating in this uh, reporting. So, yeah, this is just a wild story. Bizarro world for sure. And that has been the big lead this hour. The Big Lead on Cairo Radio. Coming up, as I said, the owner of Beacon Plumbing and Mechanical, Bill Cahill, is speaking out, urging fellow business owners and residents in Seattle to get involved and say something about the crime crisis before things are simply too late. That and much more ahead on The Big Show. Brandy Cruz filling in for Dory Monson. Monson show Brandy Cruz filling in on this holiday week. We've been talking a lot on the show. I have been as I filled in for Dory and also I know Dory has been talking about, you know, some of the really challenging situations facing business owners in the city of Seattle. We talked about what happened uh, down at Serafina, just down from the Cairo Radio Studios, dealing with an 18th uh, break-in in just the past couple years, an art uh, gallery in downtown Seattle. And now another high-profile business owner in Seattle is speaking out, saying it is time for people to stand up and fight for the city. His name is Bill Cahill. You might know the business he owns. You might have heard about it. Beacon Plumbing and Mechanical. And Bill joins us now on The Big Show. Bill, thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to get on your station and and air some of the concerns that I've had over the past few years watching what I think is probably the greatest city in the country diminishing yeah, well, and it's at a it's at a high rate. We we have a wonderful city here. I've raised all my children here and my ten grandchildren, and there's no other place to live. There's no place better than Seattle. But we need to get our, our hands around the city. We need to make the changes that are necessary. And we look back at past elections and 
the question that the people in Seattle need to really ask themselves is, are we better today than we were two years ago? Are we better today than we were four years ago? And that's the question. If we're not better, why aren't we better? So, Bill, let me ask you this. Um, it is hard sometimes for business owners, and you run a very high-profile business. I would argue that just about every Seattleite knows about your business. It, and, and sometimes for business owners, there are, and I've spoken to many of them, they're worried about speaking up. They're worried about what kind of pushback that they might get from people. Are you concerned about putting your voice out there, putting your business out there uh, in, in this way and speaking out forcefully? We have, we have to say what we have on our mind because we don't want to be blinded. We want to we want to be able to tell the truth. We we can't look at political parties as our government. We have to look at our country as our country and the state of Washington as the state of Washington. Uh, I don't care about the political aspect of it. I care more so about the candidate. Who's the best candidate? We've had some great candidates in John Kennedy and Barack Obama, but not at this day. Not this time. Not this time. Now, we've got a mayor that I really believe is, is going to make a lot of changes and already has made some changes in the city of Seattle. But we have a city council that's asleep at the wheel. Yeah. At least in, they're not driving in the right direction. Yeah. I share your I share your high opinion of Bruce Harrell. I think that he's been saying the right things. Um, I think he's been trying to, to, regardless of who he might anger in the process, make some progress on these public safety issues. But I agree with you on the city council. In 2023, Bill, as you know, coming up, seven of the nine city council seats will be up for election. What would you like to see in candidates that step forward to perhaps challenge some incumbents. I'll answer that question this way. I'd like to see someone that's going to do more for our Seattle School District, leave the personal feelings and all these things that children are being educated on. Actually, they're having it forced down their throat. Get that off the table. Let's stay to the curriculum. Let's get back to the things in school that are important for each and every child in the city of Seattle. That's that's what has to happen. What about on the public that's safety one, front? Public safety. We can't defund the com- the police and then complain when they don't respond. When they when they the call to action comes, they don't respond as quickly. And I, I know that comes from a higher power, and so do you. They've been told what to do. <laughs> Pardon me, and when to stand down. And I said this before this week. They don't need to stand down. They need to stand up. I remember as a child going to John Muir grade school in the central area of Seattle. There was a policeman to escort the mother and the child across the street. There was good dialogue. That was good stuff back then. Sometimes when something's good back then, it's something we need to bring forward to today's times. Mm. We need to get police officers back working effectively in the city of Seattle in the same token We need to look at places that our police officers are being taken, like down in Florida, for example. Why are our police officers going to to Florida? Because they're being offered something better. They're being offered a a better package. Well, that's more respect. Let's that they're being offered respect. Nobody likes a cop until they got the uh, knife wielding assailant coming through the window 
And then all of a sudden, everybody wants one. Yeah. Bill, Look, me- we got to have police in the city of Seattle. We can't let happen to downtown Seattle happen ever again. I shop in Nordstrom's every year for Christmas for my six children, my 10 grandchildren. They're a wonderful company. Those stores were beaten up both in Bellevue and downtown Seattle. Nobody did nothing about it. It was terrible. Merchandise taken off the shelves. And we stood back and looked at that. It was a cowardly act on all of us that are Seattleites to let that happen. It was a cowardly act. Could not agree more. I've got my, my mindset is one that, that maybe some of the citizens, and I'm sorry I'm on the radio saying this, but there's many of us that are so tired of it that we're not willing to put up with it anymore. One of my trucks was taken and I knew I had GPS on it. So we ran it down. We ran it down. I said, I'm, I'm going to get my truck back. Nobody's going to just come take my truck. My employee had his tools on the truck. And for us business owners, there's this thing called insurance. We can't just turn everything in and get an insurance claim. Mm-hmm. We have to live within the perimeters. Did you get your truck back? You, you took it. You, you got, chased it to a chop shop? I, I No, I got my truck back. I found the guy in the center of the street, came around the corner. I won't say all the, the plus points. I'll just stick to this. I got my truck back. My employee got his tools back. But the police officers, when they saw me racing by, they put the light on and pulled up alongside me. I says, come on, help me. Please, let's get my truck back. I own Beacon Plumbing. I need some help. And they said, we can't, we have to stand down. I said, stand down? I said, well, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to go get my truck. And I did. For everybody that's on the radio listening, if you're a business owner, if you're not a business owner, we can't let people do this to us. Bill, I think it's City important. City of Seattle, let's wake up. Let's get, let's get, you know, let's get some starch. You know, let's get moving. Let's stand up for what we believe in. Stand up for our city. I agree with you, Don't Bill. complain about it if you're not going to do something. Don't dare complain about it. Don't complain about all the things that have gone wrong in Seattle and go sit in the Seattle Seahawks stadium and enjoy the football game or go down and see the hockey game. If you love your city, then make an effort. Don't become part of the problem. Become a solution to the problem. The homeless people, well, city of Seattle needs to come up with something smarter, like instead of unemployment, how about the Seattle Employment Office? Because we can always use someone on the end of a shovel. And it starts someplace, getting up in the morning and going to work. I've got the most wonderful employees at this Christmas time that you could ever imagine. They've been, some of them have been here 25 plus years in the company and they get, we're all, all of us are out working. The trucks are sliding sideways on the road, but we can't just take the money from our city of Seattle when things are sunny and good. Somebody's got to respond to these heating calls and these emergency split pipes during the bad times. That's what our guys are doing. I'm pretty proud of them. Well, you should be. And, Bill, uh, bless you for speaking out. Bless you for saying what what a lot of people want to say but don't have the courage to. And speaking of your employees, you know, I had your guys out at my studio the other day for a plumbing emergency and they were awesome R- romeo was his name romeo needs a, a christmas raise he was that's great that's, that's funny you mentioned him he's my nephew no he isn't he's he is he's my nephew i i married a a little filipino girl many many years ago 44 years ago and uh 
boy, I'll tell you, you know, what a wonderful family that Borromeo family is. My my in laws, they're they're wonderful people. Well, what a small world. Yeah, Romeo spent like uh, six hours out at my podcast studio the other day. He did a great job, and he was just as polite as they come. Well, thank you for that comment, and thank you for taking a minute to <coughs> give a uh, native Seattle uh, citizen a time to to view my concerns on your radio station. I truly appreciate it. And what I'm saying isn't out of uh, some of the comments out of not loving in my city. It's loving it so much I want to do something about it instead of stand and watch what I've loved my entire life diminish. Well, bless you for saying something. Bill Cahill, he's the owner of Beacon Plumbing and Mechanical, joining us here on the Dory Monson Show. Bill, thanks for speaking up, uh, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you at the station. Uh, appreciate this, Randy. It's a wonderful talk. And uh, I do believe in our mayor. I really and truly do believe in Bruce Harrell. You know, he's he's a guy that played football. You know, he grew up in the same area I did in the central area of Seattle. Bruce Harrell is a remarkable human being. He played for the, I don't know if you know this, he played for the Washington Huskies. Yeah, hometown boy. And he's a hometown guy. He loves our city, and he stepped in. And I think he's going to turn the city around, and he needs our help doing it. And, you know, when someone can turn a city around, they can probably turn a state around. Maybe he turns the city around and we have Bruce Harrell for governor. Oh, you heard it here from Bill Cahill. We'll see. Let's make sure he gets the city turned around first. And then in 2024, we'll, we'll look at it. Bill Cahill, some words of wisdom and bless that man for being willing to speak up and say what needs to be said in the city of Seattle. Brandy Cruz filling in for Dory Monson. Much more ahead as the big show rolls on. my favorite to sing at church our finest gifts we bring to lay before the king oh i love it thanks andrew told him yesterday i wanted little drummer boy it's just a classic i loved that i loved going i mean i don't go to church these days but back in the day, I know you have a story coming up in the Fastest 15 about how Seattle is like the least church city in the country, is it, or something? Yeah. Yes, I'm contributing to that stereotype. But we also love Christmas the most. We do. Oh, good. I do like me a good hymnal. Brandy Cruz filling in for my friend Dory Monson. Sprinkling in a little Christmas magic this week is Andrew. Nicole's here as well. Hi, Nicole. I was thinking about something fun I could have uh, people on the text line text in, and I was asking Dave Wyman when he was on the show yesterday about, uh, we were asking each other what your New Year's resolutions were. His his was to act his age, which I thought, why would you ever want to act your age? Well, I think that's based on his 
injuries this year. Yeah. He said he wants a cane and a pipe and stuff. I was like, okay. <laughs> All Might right, as well just Wyman. embrace it and be the coolest of, of your age. Yeah, let's not get too carried away. But I told him my resolution was not to be a bridezilla because I'm planning a wedding, obviously, this oh, year. I'll let you know. You, well, yeah, you let me know <laughs> if I'm a bridezilla. But I thought people could text into the text line some advice for planning a wedding. Okay. Triple eight nine seven three Cairo. Triple eight nine seven three Cairo. What is some advice I should keep in mind as I embark on planning my nuptials? My first and only nuptials, by the way. This is it. I told Mike. I Good. said, "Well, you can try to leave me someday, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to work." All right, let's fit a quick one in. So you know, there's been this. So we talk about woke culture and Hollywood and how it permeates, and you know, sometimes there's complaints about. For instance, a white actor who's hired to portray someone who's supposed to be Hispanic or who's supposed to be Asian or they put on like makeup to be some different culture. And there's always this complaints about, well, why wouldn't you hire an actor who is already that culture? And I tend to agree with that. I tend to agree. Like you can, there's a lot of actors out there. If you're trying to find an, an, an Asian actor for a role, just hire an Asian actor. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually think the same when it comes to ages. I went and saw To Kill a Mockingbird at the Paramount and they used a 35 year old actress to play a 12 year old. And I didn't like that. Yeah. Just, you know, make it simple on yourself. Yes. Right. So I tend to agree with that. But this latest pushback uh, <laughs> falls in the realm of a little bit uh, crazy. So Avatar, which I've never seen, by the way, but I know what it is. You got the blue people riding the, I don't know, riding the sea creature things. Yeah. Is that, have you seen it? That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it since it came out 25 years ago or whatever it was. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. They're, they're really big people, really big avatars and they are blue. Well, a film critic for the Philadelphia Tribune named Kathea Woods, she's African-American. She has an issue with the actors that they've chosen to play these avatar characters. She wrote on Twitter, at some point, we have to talk about the cultural appropriation of avatar and white actors cosplaying as people of color. So let me get this right. She has a problem with white actors playing blue blue imaginary people right because those are people of color right is that is that what i'm supposed to be missing here i want to read the boy who cried wolf or whatever to her you're gonna make a big deal out of everything then nothing's a big deal not a surprise kathia woods had to lock down her twitter account she wasn't quite (laughs) getting the responses to that she wanted all right the fastest 15 minutes in the news coming up after we get a check of national and local news. Brandy Cruz filling in on the Dory Monson Show.